It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road 94.3 the game is going to get you home and the p-man's not holding back yes yes pirates win pirates win bring on the patrick johnson show on 94.3 the game holy mackerel oh my goodness the flagship station of the ecu pirates Ah, a little premiere of the brand new open before august how about that hey we're a whole different station now Ben Byram producing the show. Hi, Ben. And uh, DJ C Squared, Chris Cookie Cook. Woo! P Man here. Do it live. Yeah. Do it live. On a Friday, what was I thinking? Everybody's got their Do thing. Do it live. Oh, my thing is, I mean, you know, it's it's like a long week, right? Yeah. I mean, you you're and up you're- at four o'clock in the morning getting <laughs> coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Doing live. On a Friday. Getting you home. Well, there's absolutely nobody in town. Everybody's on vacation this week. Uh, it's <laughs> What were we thinking, Ben? What are, I tell you what we're thinking. I'm excited. I'm happy. AAC Media Days is what we're thinking. Because we still have a lot of, of goodness uh, from that to get to. Uh, Holt Naylor's was on this morning with the uh, the Big Hen. On talk of the town, uh, and Ben, I know we rolled on the audio, but uh, and I don't—I I mean no disrespect when I say this, but if you either listen to our interview with Holton from uh, before July Fourth, or uh, listen to it, you know, subsequently since we had him in the studio that day live, do it live, then you basically it was the same. And, and again, I'm not knocking anybody; it's just that was. A lot of the things that were talked about on that interview that we did with him were talked about this morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I guess it's for a different audience, different demographic. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's for a different. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not saying that. So I, I didn't think we needed to necessarily. Um, and look, I, a much bigger audience than our audience. I, I will admit that, right? Much bigger audience than our audience. We're but, getting there. Um, we're getting there. But we're not I, to be a I powerhouse. Just, but I just say, you know, that was the reason why we, we, you know, usually something like that, we might replay some of it or, you know, take some cuts from it. But there's just, there's so many other things that we really didn't get to yesterday, including the Mike Oresco comments. And, and I want to start with some of those uh, here. Uh, the commissioner, of course, holding court yesterday, and he talked about a lot of things. And we got to what maybe two or three things that he said that I kind of thought were the yeah about three the assets yeah the essence of what he was getting at uh in, in case you missed it or been under a rock obviously the Pirates tab sixth in the preseason poll and we could get into some of that at some point but you know Mike Oresco said yesterday that it's kind of a combination of athletic or athlete compensation so the NIL the portal, the transfer portal, the realignment and conferences, put it as a perfect storm for what he termed an unsettled situation. The AAC commissioner saying that, and this is one of the cuts we played, that all FBS conferences need to have a coordinated approach towards stability, while, as he put it, find a middle ground between an amateur model of college athletics and increasing 
professionalism. So here's what I say about this, Ben, and I'd be kind of interested to get what you thought about this because, you know, that made a lot of headlines in a lot of markets beyond the American. Because essentially he called for the FBS to succeed from the uh, NCAA, basically. I mean, they already pretty much have, but he's calling for them to totally... But he's calling for all of them to do it, not just the, not just two conferences, not just five conferences, all of the conferences. And and you know, again, I think the way he put it, he actually made some better points than when the MAC commissioner earlier in the week wanted to say, "Well, everybody should get an AQ, like the basketball or like all other sports, into the NCAA postseason." Well, I mean, no disrespect, a, but I think Oresco carries a little bit more weight than the Matt commissioner. I well, mean, we're literally yeah. calling the Matt commissioner. Yeah, and and so I think Mike Oresco made some good points, but then he got into that little area of, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Because he says he wants the amateur model of college athletics and the increasing professionalism to be sort of uh, balanced. And, uh, you know, I, I just, we're beyond that at this point. We're not playing for the, for the letter on the letterman jacket anymore. You know, that ain't happening any longer. And so I think when you, if you take all of his comments and you kind of break them down from yesterday, again, he had some really substantive, intelligent, well thought out and forward thinking ways to go about this. But then when he's saying, but we want, we need to preserve the, the model. We're beyond the model. Yeah, there's no going back now. I mean, it's it's, no, it's over and no. done with. College football, right. as so, you once knew it, is, is not the same. It's never going to go back to that. And so you're either in this thing or you're out. And, you know, I, I think that's that's the, 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 the area there where, you know, those that have constantly kind of, I mean, let's face it, clowned the American – and not really the American and its teams as much as the desire and the push to be included as an autonomy five member, make it you know the P six. I mean, I mean, ben, let, let's let's not mince words here. I mean, that's kind of snickered at. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's a little silly to be. It is kind of a silly marketing marketing campaign that you're. That's going to warrant some criticism. I mean, they were asking for it when they well, came up with that. You know who it's warring, warranting criticism from are the people that don't want anybody from the American in, in the party. Yeah. And I realize Cincinnati got into the playoff last year, and, and I probably you could say UCF has belonged in the party at times. Well, they were national and, champions. Well, they, according, to them, according to them, they were. But, you know, there's, there's that deal where – you know, the American has been the representative by and large in that uh, New Year's Six Bowl and then the playoff. It's not been anybody from the CUSA. It's not been anybody from the Fun Belt. It's not been anybody from the MAC. You know, Mountain West. It's, it's been, by and large, the American. So, I mean, again, I think what he says does carry some weight. But then again, you know, you just... I thought a lot of what he said made sense. I thought a lot of it was well articulated by Oresco yesterday. Again, you lose me when you say we've got to keep the college. Now, and look, I know Jim Phillips has said that at ACC media days. There's others that have said that. But I can tell you who, who is not saying it. 
the Big Ten and the SEC. They're full steam ahead on this thing. And I mean, there's They're others the out there as well. right now. I mean, they don't really well, have no, to no, comment they, on anything. But well, and their actions are speaking. But I mean, they're also their commissioners making respective commissioner, particularly the guy in the Big Ten's making that comment. Yeah. Where you're not getting, uh, and I mean, Notre Dame, Swarthur, or, or the AD at Notre Dame has made that same comment. Uh, the uh, that this is going towards that model. I mean, the the Oregon AD has made that same comment that he thinks it's going to be a subset of groups that are operating as representatives of a university, but they're really running themselves as a as a professional franchise. And so I think you either got to figure a way to get on board with that, and that's what I think Mike Oresco is trying to do, but he's also old school and traditional. So let's get into a few of these comments here that he made. We'll make some comments on it. Um, and this was the one that kind of got all this going, and this is cut five, Ben, on the vast soundbite roster from today. Uh, Mike Oresco on the fact that football needs to govern itself and break away from the NCAA. All right, we'll get that up for you in just uh, a second. Ben will let me know when it's ready. But essentially, uh, that's uh, cut five on the on the Oresco stuff, Ben. Okay, this is Mike Oresco saying uh, basically the uh, the FCS or excuse me the FBS needs to be in charge of its own decision. It needs to decide its own bedtime. Here we go. The first thing I want to address is is the talk about the FBS breakaway potentially from the NCAA. It's a key issue, and, and it's whether the FBS conferences and all the FBS conferences, not just some, should break away from the current NCAA governance model and govern themselves. This does not necessarily mean abandoning all functions that the NCAA undertakes, but it does include rulemaking, operating the postseason, control of officiating, things of that nature. I think we have to look seriously at this. What about the enforcement function, you might ask, which is still fundamental to the collegiate mission? Can the NCAA or a separate entity handle that even if FBS governs itself in other areas? It's reasonable to believe that FC, FBS football should be governed by committees com, you know, comprised solely of FBS representatives. The FBS commissioner should have a major role in how FBS football uh, is run. Football is clearly a separate and distinct entity within the NCAA and could benefit from its own governance structure. With the interconnection between the regular season and the college football playoff, it may make sense to streamline the governance process through FBS self-governance. This is going to be an ongoing debate in which our conference will clearly participate. Now, what is he basing that last statement on? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was a little wild in this press conference. I mean, he was uh, there was I, a, there was like a spot at the end of his comments where he was talking about UCF, and it could have been misinterpreted as him kind of dogging them. But I think it was just a uh, poor choice of words. Um, he was a uh, once he kind of went off script there, off the piece of paper, things got a little wild. And look again, I understand that he wants a seat at the table. And let's be honest, the American probably deserves a seat at the table. Because, again, somebody in this stuff's going to have to go 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven or 2-10. and ten. Somebody's been waiting, winning 8 or 9 a year in all of this, all of a sudden ain't going to be winning 8 or 9 a year. And 
again, I'm not saying that the, the American would largely be fodder, but coaches aren't going to get down with playing 10 conference games. There's not. Yeah, no, that's, that's a not. lot. I mean, the model is, as we discussed yesterday, their model is still based on in the SEC and the Big Ten having those eight home games. And if you do somehow play a 13th game in a year, because maybe you go out and you do something in Hawaii, well, we're going to get a ninth home game out of that because that'll count as one of our road games. Well, there's a lot of American I mean, that, schools that benefit from getting money from these non-conference games, you know, getting paid to go out to yeah, do whatever. And, 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 I, and, I get that the, and I get the American wants to curtail some of that, but, you know, they also want you to schedule up. And, and I understand, too, it's difficult to get on if you're a Cincinnati, if you're a Houston, if you're UCF, if you're Memphis, probably now East Carolina. I mean, the, a lot of these places don't want no part of this. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, I don't want to say a miracle, but it was kind of shocking they were able to get Notre Dame last year. I mean, it came at a perfect time well, when they were making their college yeah. football playoff run, and that was exactly the win they needed um, in South Bend to, to get a seat at the table for the college football playoffs and have that on their resume. Uh, more from Mike Oresco here. Uh, this is kind of what we talked about in the uh, statement at the beginning of the show, that he wants the conferences to be viewed equally. Cut six. All right. Uh, we're getting all that lined up there. Uh, there's a ton of cuts in this, but it, it is cut six, and this is, uh, again, I think it's ambitious to try to say we're going to have all 10 conferences in the FBS. I, I get where he's going with, you know, all boats rise with the tide. And I, and I don't think he's got this Pollyanna view that if uh, the F, FBS schools go out and do their own thing, that you're not going to have some some institutions that are still in that have-not category, even within this conference. Uh I, to me, the American and some select others in conferences probably deserve to have that seat at the table. Uh, but Mike Oresco on uh, all leagues that play FBS football being viewed equally. If all 10 FBS conferences are viewed equally in terms of branding, as I believe they should be, then upward mobility, a feature of our American heritage, would be a more realistic possibility. Yes, some FBS conferences will, of course, be more equal than others in terms of revenue, competitiveness, all the things that, that obviously matter. That's perfectly normal and acceptable. But actually having to earn, earn a particular status or reputation would be a healthy development. Uh, he talked about the college football playoff, and this is a lengthy, lengthy cut. But let's, uh, before we go to a break, let's go ahead and, and plow through this one and uh, give you a little thought on the other side. Again, this is Mike Oresco from uh, AAC Football Media Day, and he talked about the college football playoff. Hit it. First of all, it's a shame that we did not adopt the 12-team 6-6 playoff expansion model last year, uh, where you would have had six automatic bids and six at-large bids. It was short-sighted not to do so. It deprived hundreds of players of the opportunity to participate in an expanded playoff in 2024 and 2025. We will soon be back at the drawing board. We have heard that all options are now in play, that perhaps conference championships should not matter, and that all spots should be at large. I believe such a model would be a serious mistake. 
Virtually all playoffs in all sports reward teams for winning their leagues or their divisions, for being champions. The best playoff model features a balanced mix of automatic bids and at-large bids, which was the model recommended by the College Football Playoff Working Group. I understand that conference composition has since changed, that marquee brands will now be more concentrated in two potentially dominant conferences. However, while that consolidation may make sense in terms of money and TV deals, it does not justify adopting a playoff system that caters to such consolidation. With the 12-team 6-6 plan, we accomplish key goals. We affirm the importance of conference championships, that winning a championship does and should matter, and we create a, an FBS-centered model which will give access to the so-called uh, group of five teams. We have an opportunity to create relevance for all 130 FBS teams and multiple conferences. It would be a mistake, a big mistake, to adopt a system that could largely exclude three-quarters of FBS teams. My open letter to college football uh, earlier in the year described the rationale, or actually last year, described the rationale and merits of the 12-team 6-6 model. And the events that have happened since have actually strengthened the need for that or a similar model. A 16-team model is being floated. You've heard that. And now it's being discussed in an effort to provide more at-large spots. And that is something we should consider. There are some issues with it, of course, but I will be discussing it, uh, that model, with my conference and my fellow commissioners. With significant changes to the composition of the Big 12 and Pac-12, perhaps even more changes involving those in other conferences down the road, no one knows, the 5 plus 1 model makes even less sense than it did before, which didn't, to me didn't make any sense. We could just as easily argue now for a 2 plus whatever model based on the recent realignment. But of course, that would also defeat the purpose of a true merit-based playoff. Again, you know, I think the way he put it is a lot more articulate than what the commissioner for the MAC. But I, I, their point is totally, it totally makes sense to me. If you're going to expand this thing to 16 or even more uh, to really create some excitement, I think it would be cool to have the MAC champ go up against, let's just say the the SEC champ. Wouldn't that be fun? I think that would be. Yeah. I mean, Mac's got a lot of high-scoring teams. Maybe they can think make things interesting. I mean, you mentioned, I think, All-Fair yesterday. I mean, it was fun when St. Peter's had their run last year. Or yeah. They're in March Madness. We can maybe see yeah. something like that in college football. They won't do it, but I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah. All right. That's um, what concerns me with the 16-team model. That would have been, I think, a better idea before conference expansion or realignment because you would have ideally maybe yep. had eight um, automatic bids with conference champions. But now if you're talking we're potentially seeing a P2 or a P3, I think you're going to see a lot more at-large bids from bids from the Big Ten well, you know, and the SEC and the Big yeah. 12 and kind of leave these that's guys the, out. That's the design, and that's why it's going to be a at-large model. And it's not. And, and I understand the argument for the – you want the best teams. Yep. You want the teams that are the best teams involved deciding this thing. But, I mean, is that going to be something that – it's complicated. It's complicated. And, and I, I'll say this, whether you agree with what Oresco has said, how he's done things or not, he's at least fighting for the conference. And I got to give him credit for that. All right, uh, more from uh, that and uh, some other things today. We'll, we'll hear from some of the coaches from the other teams uh, later on as uh, they have the AAC – Football Media Day yesterday, Mike Oresco. A few more comments from him I found interesting. 
uh, on the other side on this get you to the weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson show right here on 94.3 The Game. Do it live! Mornings, Adam Gold Middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. Before your next fishing trip, head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop has one of the largest inventories of rods, reels, and fishing tackle in the area, plus accessories and equipment to help make your day on the water a success. Whether you need hunting, fishing, clothing, or other supplies, make Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop your one-stop destination. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, open Monday through Friday till 5.30 and Saturday to 12.30. to the P-Man. And that's Bible Fool stuff. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Uh, coming up on Monday, ECU football alum, LSU quarterback coach Joe Sloan, who had spent uh, nine seasons with Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech. Uh, he'll be on the show with us. So looking forward to catching up with uh, Joe Sloan. He, of course, uh, earlier this year became part of Brian Kelly's staff uh, down at LSU. Looking forward uh, to uh, that. Ben, this could, I say we're doing that Monday. This could be my last show ever. Wow. Because, wow. I, I, well, if I hit the billion, the 1.1 billion in the oh, uh, Mega Millions drawing, yeah. I'm gone, baby. Hey, did, There's I'll... no farewell tour. There's no goodbye. <laughs> there's no, I'm done. I'm done, son. All I'm saying is don't so, forget about old B-Baby here, you know, struggling in uh, G-Vegas. <laughs> I, I'll put you in place. It'll be the Ben Byram show and that fancy new introduction. Awesome. That's all I want. Bupkis. That's all I want. Yeah. It won't mean bupkis if, if I, I win the mega. If, if I win the Mega Millions, I'm done, son. Done. If, if I get the show, that'll be like hitting a jackpot for me. So that'll, that'll be perfect. <laughs> uh Keep dreaming. You, go. No, you know what? You know what? Winning the jackpot would be actually winning the jackpot. That's what it would be for me. No, I, I mean I love what I do. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be loaded and just do whatever they want, though. I mean, everybody right. understands that. This phone would be off, and I mean, so the, so in case I win tonight, goodbye, everyone. It was it was really great entertaining you. Farewell episode. <laughs> Yes, for four years. It was great. Inter- no, there won't even be a fi- This would be the farewell episode. Flair's not I, the it, biggest retirement in sports. No, no, it would be me. It would be me because this would be, I would tell them with all due respect, my last show was, was today. Not going to happen. So it's just, you know, we're having some, some, some laughs. No, I you got to manifest it. Well, I am trying to manifest. Oh, I've been trying to manifest it for years. <laughs> I've even, I've even said I've got some good vibes that I'll, I'll contribute to causes. I won't even hog it all for myself. There you go. There you I'll go. I'll give to some causes. Yeah, I'm trying, but it ain't. You're working. making your case for God right now. I am. I am. Uh, let's uh, get back to some of this Mike Oresco uh, stuff. Uh, he spoke uh, at length on uh, Thursday at Media Day, and uh, this is Mike Oresco talking about the NIL. Name, image, and likeness is here to stay, and it wouldn't be an issue. It's not a bad thing. 
it wouldn't be an issue if, in fact, it really was NIL. But it's not at the current time. We'll have to see how the collectives that have been set up will play out. And perhaps we can put some restrictions on them down the road, basically to ensure that NIL is rooted in a rational, fair market value system. Otherwise, NIL is simply paying to entice recruits and paying to retain current roster players, regardless of their true NIL value. As for paying players, I see that as a more existential challenge. Whether one thinks it is a good idea or not, it is where we seem to be headed. Uh, yeah, and I mean, he went on to say that college athletics has never been about pay to play, but I mean, that's where it's going. Uh, and that might have been maybe the the more interesting comment than than the NIL, but I thought it was good to kind of get his... I mean, look, again, for... for Mike Oresco may not be considered uh, young and hip and dynamic, but he, to me, he is at least a realist. And now uh, he's got a little—he's fighting for the conference again. Uh, this is what he had to say about uh, college football cannot become minor league football. What is the point of college football if it becomes minor league pro football? If it's no longer tethered to academic pursuits? If the institutions simply lend their names and brands to a? a a form of, of minor league club football, if rivalries are lost, if loyalty to teams wavers, and if fans no longer care as much. Will the sport be consumed by player negotiations over money? I have always been a firm advocate of the collegiate model. Not an amateur model in its strict meaning. That doesn't exist, and probably in many ways never truly did exist. But a collegiate model that has players as students, where they're not pros, where they still enjoy college competition, where agents and professional football are kept at bay for a few years. But we are entering a new world, and it is up to us not only to adapt to that world, but to shape that world and not let it be shaped for us. And to shape it so that college football and college sports still remain college football and college sports, that they're still recognizable. I don't know if we can keep what has made college football and college sports special, but we have to try. Um, you know, he, he talked about, uh, well, the student athlete well-being is never really talked about and being left behind. And, and that's a good comment. And we'll save that for another day. Cause I, I do want to get to some of the things that some of the other coaches said, cause I mean, it is interesting to, to kind of hear what they are, what they are saying. Um, all right. So let's, uh. Let's go to Ben now with a uh, 94-3 The Game update. He will uh, catch you up on everything that is happening uh, in the world of sports uh, today and going into the weekend. And uh, then we'll come back and have some more fun and frivolity here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben, take it away. Thanks, Patrick. Let's take a look at what's happening around Pirate Nation. We start with Holt Aylers, who appeared on Talk of the Town this morning on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. You can hear that exclusive interview at 103.7 WTIB on Facebook and YouTube. We caught up with Holt afterwards, our guy Chris Cook, C-squared on the scene. And he talked about the receiving room for the Pirates and how it's stacking up in the offseason. Yeah, getting to know the receivers has been really well. Um, you know, this offseason we have a couple transfers coming in that are going to play big roles for us. Um, I mean, for me, it's just all about timing, anticipation, um, getting to know where they like the ball, 
um, where they like it inch dry, they like it on their chest. Um, deep balls, they like run it down. Do they like waiting on it a little bit? So it just depends. Each receiver is a little bit different. Um, just kind of learning, you know, their their little ticks that they like a little bit better. Um, you know, that's kind of what camps forward to that we got coming up. So it's a big time for us to keep learning, keep growing, uh, and get ready for September 3rd. More exclusive videos of Holt Aylers and former ECU tight end Bryce Williams posted on our social media pages at 943 The Game on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Former Pirate Baseball ace Carson Wisenhunt has signed his rookie contract with the San Francisco Giants after being picked in the second round of this year's draft. Wisenhunt can earn up to a little over $1.8 million in his rookie deal. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers continue training camp and still have no edge when it comes to the quarterback battle between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield or splitting first-team reps. Head coach Matt Rule stated to the media that it's not his job to pick a starting quarterback and that one of those guys is going to have to break out and cement themselves as the starter. They've both had solid performances in practice so far. Cornerback J.C. Horn has been placed on the PUP list as he's still day-to-day with that foot injury from last year. In the meantime, the Panthers signed former second-round pick and corner Duke Dawson. Dawson was drafted in 2018 and spent time with the Broncos and the Patriots. Wrapping it up from the NBA, a couple of Duke alums in the headlines is Paulo Bancaro's nearing an endorsement deal with the Jordan brand. While it was revealed in Zion Williamson's contract that there's a weight clause in his rookie extension that will require him to weigh less than 295 pounds, Otherwise, he will lose out on guaranteed money in his contract. That's going to do it for your 94th the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Byron-Moore from the P-Man from AAC Media Day. On the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com for the latest on the ECU Pirates. I found it on my favorite website. Plus, you can listen live to the Patrick Johnson Show and all of our ECU football programming all season long. Right, you guys? Podcast time. And it's your home for podcasts featuring Pirate football coach Mike Houston, ECU baseball coach Cliff Godwin, and our local spin on the Carolina Panthers. So here we go. That's the all new 943thegame.com. 300. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. Hot, hot. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94-3, the game. All right, all right. Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. Long week. Getting you to the weekend. A little bazooka Friday to talk about our guy, the uh, the Pac-Man. Bazooka Friday is when everybody blew out of the office. All the sales weasels. Oh, yeah, it's like a all ghost the suits. around here. It's just oh, it always is on Friday. Yeah, the mayor. It's us and the mayor. Um... You know what, Ben? I can't find that, so I'll just do it next week. There we go. It's yeah. Friday. It's Friday. I'm just going to shirk on my I'm sure the spots are in, Actually, the spot's in the next break, so we're all right. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Thank you, Ben. Uh, so I understand. Uh, so earlier in the week, uh, we had our guy Dave Meltzer on from the Wrestling Observer, and we talked about Vince McMahon retiring. Oh, was that an old Briscoe and- impression there? Mac no, that's what uh, no, no, that's what uh, Ricky Morton called him the time I interviewed Ricky Morton before a uh, Kinston Indians baseball game on the pregame show. Okay, okay. I mean, he I, said, I like when they say Mac Vish, 
he said Eric Bischoff, Vince McMahon. That's what. <laughs> That's a great impression. That's pretty good. That was something. You know, Ricky was always the cute little baby face. Not up close. There was a lot of mileage at that point. That was the 90s. I can't say the same for Robert. (sighs) Well, so um, Ric Flair's wrestling, his last match, it is SummerSlam weekend in Nashville, Nash Vegas. And so they're going to be in the Titan Stadium holding the pay-per-view WWE is. And... uh, Kind of satelliting uh, that in its orbit is all these other little independent wrestling events. I shouldn't say little, but just independent wrestling events. And a guy, our guy C Squared's an, an indie guy, right? He's got anyway, a lot of connections uh, with some big names. Well, uh, anyway, so Dave Meltzer uh, talked about Ric Flair's last match. That was from earlier in the week. Let's play that a little bit uh, where he talked about that and, and what this means for Is it really Ric Flair's retirement match? Dave Meltzer on that. I, I saw I saw him doing some stuff that was very very impressive. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm worried about it. I I wish the best. I um, heard from him just uh, yesterday, and he, he said he's ready. So uh, I'll take my word. Take his word. I mean, I know he had a bad foot injury just recently, but you know he's he's a tough guy in that sense. You know, you know he's worked with broken necks. You know what I mean? He's been, you know, he's had he's had quite the career. You know, he's had his ups and his downs too. You know, a lot of controversy in, in Rick, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was amazed at, at, at how well um, he was able to train with all he is with all he's been through. But is it all right? So all right, so uh, Dave Meltzer there, and and so I asked Chris earlier in the week, was he going to rent the pay per view, being that he is a Ric Flair mark? Yeah, I said it. I'm the I'm using some insider terminology there. Uh, that that and Chris told me he said no. I you know I'm 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 a I'm a young guy. I, I'm Got to count my shekels. I, so, how much is the pay per view? Uh, you can just call me a broke this? boy. It's fine. No, I'm not going. I'm not going to be disrespectful because <laughs> we've all been there. Boy. But, but where is <laughs> bottle cap? Where is the? So, how much is this 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 pay per view? It is thirty four ninety nine, and it's available on Fight TV. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do because I am uh, I'm a benevolent dictator. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to Venmo Ben the money if Ben is willing to watch the pay-per-view with you. Well, let's find out right now. Ben, are you willing to come watch the pay-per-view with me? Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a flare guy for life. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover the cost of the pay-per-view for you knuckleheads. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Man, okay. he must really think he's going to win the lottery here. <laughs> no, it's not. $35. Come on. Now, you're setting the now, bar high, so when you really do win the lottery, I'm going to be expecting a lot now. I'm just letting you know. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I might send you to WrestleMania. How about that? So here's, here's what I'm here's what I'm going to do, though. And this is what I, I – this comes with a condition. All right. You two boneheads need to be ready on Monday. So uh, we might have to call you, Chris, to do this. But I want I want to report. On on the Ric Flair last match, I think we can handle that. Oh, we could absolutely okay. do that. Yeah, because I got to make it a business write-off. Okay. So yeah. part of the business, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys forty bucks on the Venmo so you can do this. Now look, listen to me. You don't don't be getting don't be having a few too many pops and can't re- remember what happened. All right. Damn. This There'll be no pop on. involved. <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be all right. This you is, boys this behave. Is work. This is business. Yes. Now you better buy this pay per view, or somebody's going to owe me forty bucks. No, we're going to buy. I'm not paying. Yeah. I'm not paying for you nerds to go get burgers and and 
Go zoom the chick somewhere. Or hey, something. That's not a bad right? idea. <laughs> Don't give you guys ideas gotta, here. You guys have to cover your own food, okay? That's that's okay. Yeah, I'll I'll provide the pay per view and the entertainment. You guys will have to cover your own uh, uh, food and beverage. I think that's fair. That sounds like a I good plan to fair. me. Okay, I'm All down. Right. I'm excited. And then I understand you two dorks are going to Comic Con with Clark tomorrow. Yeah, Galaxy Con in Raleigh. Hopefully to meet some uh, some more wrestlers, get some stuff for the uh, for the show here. Meet Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, he's going to be Sergeant there. Slobber, huh? Yeah, right. Kevin Nash, Sting, Matt Hardy. You know, friend of the show. Oh, Matt, Matt Hardy. Hardy, friend of the show, Matt Hardy. Yeah. He's been on several iterations of the Patrick Johnson show. So, all right, let's see if we can get some videos of the guys. Can you do that? Yeah, we, we can make s- that a write-off too. For, yeah, for business. There we go. Perfect. I'm yeah. not paying for you to get in there. That you, how you get in is your guys' issue. No, no, we. You're going. Oh, we're VIP. We got passes. Okay. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Clark is Clark going to dress up as a superhero like he often does? He better. Do you guys? He better. I'm be a little <laughs> disappointed if he's not Spider Man. Right, C Square, are you going as your? Are you going in character to this? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, would I'm, that I'm be frowned up. upon? I'm dressing up. Okay, would it be frowned upon if you went in in character as Cruz? Would that be frowned upon, C Square? Uh, I wouldn't say frowned upon, but I don't see that happening. Honestly, okay. I mean, Kevin Nash right. would probably shove him in a locker or something, but I mean, <laughs> I don't see the harm in it. <laughs> Remember when he threw Rey Mysterio off the side of the yeah, uh, production Yeah, him like truck? a dart. Yeah, that's kind of what it would look like. It, even even at an advanced age, I think that's what it may look like. So, All right. Uh, well, good. A, a pro wrestling weekend for the fellers. There. It's going to be fun. We that? got SummerSlam, too. You know, we got a stack yeah. wrestling weekend. Okay. Well, you boys behave. That's all I'm going to say. Biggest party of the summer. Yeah, biggest party of the summer. Okay. Um, we'll get to some of the comments from some of the other coaches in the American when we come back after this on the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Do it live! Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Real people are getting... And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Night divides a day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. We've got a new YouTube page where you'll be seeing interviews placed from time to time. We had the premiere this afternoon of uh, my interview from uh, with Muggsy Boke, so you can watch that on video. Uh, we'll get it all linked up to our social media and our uh, website in due time. But uh, 94.3 The Game on Facebook, you just go to my social media. I've already posted it there uh, and check out the one-on-one interview with Muggsy Bogues if you just want to check that out uh, from where we talked to him earlier in the week. Uh, Patrick Johnson show here. All right, uh, some of the coaches from the... Uh, from Media Day. Let's go with cut two here from Cincinnati coach uh, Luke Fickle talking about their prep going into their opener at Arkansas uh, against an SEC opponent. The opportunity is the opportunity, whether it's in game one or game four like it was last year. Um, obviously, as a coach, you're going to say all of them are important. But I think what it does is it's just unique for you know how you prepare and, and, and what you're trying to do, I think, through your entire camp, um, your camp time. 
and it's a little bit different, a little bit unique. Not that every first game you don't have to be prepared for and things like that, but I think that uh, in our schedule in particular, um, you know, the first four are, are really unique. And coming out of the gate, uh, obviously in Fayetteville. Uh, all right, now uh, that is Cincinnati, of course, thirteen and one last year. Beat the Pirates thirteen, thirty-five, uh, thirteen. Uh, they will open, as we mentioned, against Arkansas on uh, September 3rd. Desmond Ritter, uh, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, uh, et al. have uh, moved on since then. Uh, Memphis went 6-6 six and six last year, 3-5 and five in the American. Pirates beat them in that uh, thrilling 30-29 final. They'll open their season on the uh, 3rd of September at Mississippi State. Their uh, head coach is uh, Ryan Silverfield. And uh, he talked about uh, Silverfield talked about wanting to send uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, who are all leaving for the Big 12, out with a loss. I'm here for this, Ben. Let's play it. Cut six. Uh, Look, we always want to protect our home turf. We've been very fortunate to have a great record over there uh, over our last my last six years here. But uh, there's no place like home, um, and there'd be nothing sweeter than this when send those teams out with a loss. But look, those games are down the road. Uh, There's no extra motivation. Uh, Our guys will be fired up for every single game we play. Uh, Obviously, there's been some rivalries there and some history, which is fun. And and I've been very fortunate to be a part of it. But so many of our great players have as well. And uh, when those games come, I can promise you there'll be plenty of motivation to handle our business at home. Okay, so uh, that is that. Okay, that is that there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rhett Lashley, uh, new to SMU, and uh, he talked about uh, not naming a starting quarterback. You know, that's interesting. They got Mordecai, they got Preston Stone. Come on, Lashley. He, t- he talked about not that way. He's Matt Rule here. He's Matt Rule all of a sudden. Uh, Red Lashley on not naming a starting quarterback. You know, we have a really good situation with Tanner, who I just talked about being an incredible, experienced, talented quarterback, and and then having a really good young quarterback in Preston Stone. And so their position, honestly, is the one you talk about because it's quarterback, but it's like all of them. Uh, we feel like competition makes our roster better. We've got good competition up and down our roster now with the, the returners we had in the spring and in the ones we've added in the summer. So... Um, don't really have a timetable for it. Um, don't really have a timetable for any of that. Uh, I know that's the question that everybody wants to know. So um, that's the SMU perspective as we go around the American here, AAC Media Days for football yesterday. And just some sound from around the conference to kind of give you a little bit of flavor of what's going on in the league. Uh, the Pirates will not play uh, Tulsa this year, but uh, why not talk about the Golden Hurricane? Philip Montgomery in his eighth year. And uh, he says you can't worry about uh, what's going on with other teams in the American, who's leaving, who's going, uh, what other conferences are expanding or losing members. you got to worry about the golden hurricane if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Cut 11. You know, I think for us right now, uh, we got to be worried and focused on what we got to do this season. So uh, we'll let the guys in those rooms kind of figure that part of it out. And then as those things start coming to light and we get a little bit more information, a little bit more direction, then we probably got to sit down and kind of figure out what that's going to be. I always like to hear from Ken Niamatololo because you never know when he's going to tell you a story about going to a hamburger joint. Yeah, quick right? trip, or was it Wawa? Yeah. It was the big one, Wawa and McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's order yeah. was a question once. Yeah, that was. Um, 
And he talked about how the portal is different for Navy. This is pretty interesting. 13. Well, actually, the portal does affect us. <laughs> Fortunate guys stay, but people still leave, and people still can leave. The way it doesn't affect us is we can't go into the portal. But, you know, people can still leave the Naval Academy uh, and transfer out, which has happened. And so it still does affect us. But the way it doesn't, that we're not able to do like everybody else is, we can't go recruit out of the portal like every other school. Pirates, uh, of course, beat them in thrilling fashion last year. They'll open against Delaware. And 4-8 uh, and eight was Navy last year. Pirates beat them 38-35. What did you ask me there, Ben, in the cut? I was curious if uh, Navy, if the Navy players can get NIL deals. I wonder how that works, being a service yeah. academy and everything. That is interesting. I'm not going to lie. That is interesting. You know, Dana Holgerson uh, is always entertaining, at least, right? Yeah, the skullet. Uh, but I've only got one Dana Holgerson cut to play here, so this must be the most entertaining one. Uh, and he talks about how uh, Houston, his Houston Cougar High Cougars, were picked to win the conference over Cincinnati. Just to take them one at a time, you know, I mean, that's really all I've ever known how to do it. So, uh, you know, the, obviously the conference is, is important. Uh, you know, the non-conference is important, too. Just, uh, you know, last year we lost that first one against Texas Tech, which put us out of the uh, not being able to host uh, the championship game. You finish 8-0 and you would like to at least play on a neutral site uh, field. But, uh you know, we went up to Cincinnati, and, and those guys were outstanding. So, you know, I, I hear this rumor that we're picked to win it and all that. I'm just going to have to disagree with it. I mean, what, what Cincinnati's put together for the last couple of years, and, you know, Coach Fickle's been been there for going on five, six years now. And, you know, I know they had 12 guys drafted, so I doubt they just uh, were relying on those guys within their program. They probably had some pretty good players behind them. I love Willie Fritz. I don't think we're going to have time to get to him here. Uh, we're not going to have time to get to the new guy at Temple, Drayton. We'll get to some of that later on. Uh, why don't we hit this Gus Malzahn cut at uh, 17, Ben, where he talks about – because they've got a quarterback battle going on too, but I, I just don't think we have time for that cut. So Gus Malzahn at UCF on uh, not looking over, not overlooking anybody in the AAC this year. No, there's zero chance of that. I mean, we, we got our hands full in this conference. Our guys have great respect for the teams that we're playing. Uh, and, you know, we've got a challenging schedule. Our guys understand that, and, and that's all that we're talking about. We're talking again, one game at a time. Our goal is to win a championship in this league. It's extremely hard to do. You know, we talk about the next conference recruiting and all that, but you know, our guys will not look ahead. Much time we're going to have uh, left. They'll be very focused uh, this season with the conference that we're in. All right, so that's kind of your uh, tour de American. Uh, and again, there were some coaches in there we didn't get a chance to to get a, a chance to uh, hear from. Uh, you know, looking through some of these notes we had, I didn't realize Temple was 125th in total offense last year. Wolf. That was bad. Really, really they bad. Had nine, they had nine games where they scored less than two touchdowns. Think they about kept, that for a minute. They kept bringing up, like, they didn't know what to bring up about Temple, and they kept bringing up Matt Rule. <laughs> Matt Rule had, like, his name drop at least, like, three <laughs> or four times when I was on the uh, Zoom call. Oh, thank God. Goodness, I didn't have to sit through that. Jeez Louise. Uh, by the way, Temple will open their season at Duke on Thursday, September 2nd. UCF is going to open, uh, is this right, September 1st? Against, oh, South Carolina State. Not South Carolina, but South uh, Carolina Come on, State. UCF. Do better. Well, it's that 
Guaranteed win situation, Ben. Yeah, there you go. That guaranteed win situation. We went to college football playoffs. We beat South Carolina State. <laughs> We're the national champs. Be easy. I want the same energy when you, you have your pay-per-view report. Oh, I'm going to be excited. All right. Uh, great job by uh, our guys the last couple of days to get as much content as we've gotten on the radio, but uh, also on social media. Uh, great job by Chris Cook. See uh, squared there. Also, the ref, Philip Pilkington. Ben B-Baby Byram, great job as always as well. And uh, we'll have more for you Monday, unless I win the Mega Millions, and this is it. This is goodbye. Joe Sloan will be with us on Monday. ECU football alum, now the QB coach at LSU. We'll talk about that and more. So uh, looking forward to bringing that to you. Have a great and safe weekend, everybody. Struggle rifle.